Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name, for those of you who don't know, is Justin Bowman, and it's my pleasure to be here to speak with you today. Uh, don't worry, I'll fully introduce myself a little later during the message, so you'll get to hear all about me. Um, but let me start by saying uh, a nice thank you for being here for worship with us this morning. We really do appreciate having you here in our time this morning with a word of prayer, so please join me. Dear Lord, Thank you for blessing us by allowing us to be gathered here to worship you this morning. We ask that you open our hearts and minds as we hear your words, and I pray that we take them with us as we leave this place. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, today we're going to be continuing our series titled Honest to God, and what I'll be talking about today is God's blessings in our lives. Okay, so I, I know I met some of you in the lobby, but most of you may not know who I am, so to introduce myself... My name is Justin Bowman. I work at the DeWitt campus along with my wife, Tammy, as directors of the middle school ministry program. We've been on staff here at Redeemer for about 10 years now, um, going on 11. Most Sundays, I am tucked nicely into the middle school service in the student center. Um, and this is actually the first time that I've preached in what we youth workers refer to as big church. So... <laughs> And if you're wondering why I've not preached in 10 years, it's because they like to keep me in with the middle school students because um, a lot of them will tell you that not only do I enjoy working with them, but I, I tend to behave like them also. So that, that's a great fit for me. And also, fun fact, because of this, Pastor Rod has constantly told me over these 10 years that I am still on probation so, selfishly, I'm hoping that this will help a little bit with that. Um, all that being said, I am very excited to be here this morning. As stated, I am married with three children. You may have seen them traipsing around in the lobby. Um, here's a picture of all of us. My daughter is 20, and my boys are 17 and 13. And as you can tell, they are not small people. Uh, my personal interests can be summed up in three short phrases. Sports, Star Wars, and superheroes. So, now that you pretty much know me, we'll get going. Um, during all my years of schooling, I was told several times that when speaking to a group of people, you should open with a story that allows the audience to feel a level of sympathy for you. So, when I was growing up, I had a tendency to to say things to my parents that I probably shouldn't have. I think my dad found most of them funny, but my mom was a different story. Our living room led into what we called the front hall, and there was a railing that you could lean over with stairs that went up the side. This railing was my barrier to freedom, oftentimes. When I said one of those things that I shouldn't have, I would lock eyes with my mom, kind of like this, and then I would shoot up that stairway with her chasing me, and as I ran, she would lean and swing as hard as she could, sometimes catching my lower back or the back of my leg. Now, it's fine. I totally deserved it. Trust me, I deserved it. Quite often, though, I was fast enough to get up the stairs to be just out of the reach of her hand. But her nails, sometimes they caught me 
and I still tremble and feel them to this day. So life lesson, sometimes you win, sometimes things hurt. So now that I think I have a few of you on my side, here we go. <clears throat> so last week began the series, Honest to God. Today I'm going to be talking more about the blessings that we receive from God, though maybe not in the typical form we've all grown up thinking about blessings. We're going to start with this from Psalm 127, written by King Solomon, though I did see a few times that many feel that King David wrote this psalm for Solomon. Just an interesting side note. But verses 3 through 5 say this, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. In case you don't know, a quiver is what an archer keeps his arrows in. However, an archer knows that an arrow that's not as straight as it should be will not go where it's intended. This passage ends by stating that, just as in caring for arrows, we are to work to ensure that our children are aimed in the right direction. As easy as that may sound, I can tell you firsthand that upon having your first child, you quickly realize how little you know about raising that child. It takes time to develop good parental habits to learn how to lead and guide that child. It also takes a lot of prayer to ask God to guide you as a parent so we can nurture and educate our children in the ways of the Lord. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Now I know at times when asked about our children, as mine are sitting right there, we are more inclined to give an answer along the lines of, oh, they're something, as opposed to they're a blessing from the Lord. But it's true, they truly are a blessing. And I can tell you from my own experience that having my daughter changed my life in ways that I cannot even explain. I wasn't headed down a dark path or anything like that, so no worries there. But what having a child forces you to do is to examine and reorder your priorities, which certainly happened with me. It led me to grow up quickly and look at everything as a man who had someone else depending on him for everything. The lessons I learned along the way could only be gained by experiencing them. And I've thanked God over the years many times for blessing us with our first child exactly when he did. Now I know some of us, some of us may be in the thick of raising children right now. Some have already been through it and maybe some aren't there yet. And that's okay because either way, its importance cannot be understated. A statistic from a 2014 article citing a national study of youth and religion said, of teens ages 15 through 17 that were raised by parents who placed little importance in regard to religion, only 1% were highly religious when they hit their mid to late 20s. In contrast, those raised by parents who talked about faith at home, placed great importance on their beliefs, and were active in their congregations, of those, 82% were religiously active as adults. The disparity, at least to me here, is very alarming. 
Now, I attended church with my family from the day I was born. I went to Sunday school with roughly, I'm, I'm guessing, the same group of 8 to 12 kids up through high school. My brothers and I were in what we called cadets, and my sister was in Calvinettes. And I'm sad to report that despite all my dad's hard work, I never won the Pinewood Derby contest we had every year. Still gets me to this day. In high school, our youth group met um, after church twice a month, and for us, a huge group was 12 kids. Um, But it was wonderful. The love and support that that group of believers gave me over the years was indescribable. So after my daughter was born, I began bringing her to church with me. Being raised myself within a strong Christian community of believers, I knew I wanted my children to have that also. I had to trust that God would be present in her life, but I also had to be willing to do my part. If you ask my kids, I'm sure they'll tell you they can't remember a time when they didn't attend church. And I'm saying this humbly because simply driving them there was the easy part. Taking what they learn each week, much of which is above my head, and teaching them to apply it to their everyday lives, that's still a process we are carrying out. We must trust that God will be with our children as they learn within the walls of our church building and then leave equipped with that knowledge. This is known as faith. Faith that what they are learning is not just knowledge that's in one ear and out the other, but rather that it is behavior-changing, life-altering news, because in the end, it all points back to a Savior that gave his life for us to do what we do every day and to be forgiven for the things that we shouldn't do. I like to think that my children have strong Christian foundations, but I'll be the first to tell you it's not because I'm a wonderful and dedicated teacher. My children have had more people than I can count and oftentimes remember pour into their lives and lead them through life. Now, I don't want my children to have the same faith that I do. I pray for them to develop their own. If anything, I've always felt that my role as their parent is to simply introduce them to ideas and to let them work through those ideas in their own heads and hearts with the direction of the Holy Spirit. There are times when they might ask us questions for a little clarity, and other times we'll be immersed in a conversation and they will mutter the words, please don't turn this into a Bible lecture. Which we then do, because what they may lack in that moment is applying what they've learned. In Mark 4, 26 through 29, Jesus is teaching a parable to a group to help them understand this idea of spiritual growth. He was illustrating that spiritual growth is completely independent of human effort. And here's what he says. The kingdom of God is as if a seed, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. 
I like to think of my children as the seed. I don't always know how or why they are growing, but I do trust that God is directing that growth. Now, for my household, this is a big deal, and here's why. I often refer to my house as the place where plants come to die. If you're ever thinking about buying me a plant, please remember that. Basically, watering seeds and watching them grow into lovely plants is not my thing. Trusting in the Lord, that's my thing. One thing that we do as parents is to surround our children with as many experienced people as we can to guide them through life with their knowledge and experiences. There are plenty of people out there that I trust, and they are smarter and much more experienced in many areas than I am. I want my children to learn from them, too. Sometimes our efforts may seem to reach so few people that we question whether we are spreading God's word. But the word of God is a powerful growth agent. So keep scattering those seeds and trust that God will know how to grow them. If we're being honest to God, we need his guidance in parenting our children. As children then get older and grow into adults, we pray that their harvest will come. With God's blessing, their faith will grow to a point that allows them to maneuver life applying the biblical lessons that they grew up learning. Where we need to have faith is in God's blessing upon their lives. Now, I have a house, but God is the reason that it is a home. I have had more teenagers than I can count in my house over the years. This is true because they eat my food and take my sports drinks whenever they are there. But what they all know is that when they're in my house, they can treat it as though it were their house. This means opening the fridge in front of me without asking and eating anything they can find. It means staying over for a night or two when things may be tense at their house. And it also means sometimes being the one that we leave there when the rest of us are out doing what we need to do. Without listening to God, I wouldn't be open to these ideas. Without listening to God, I wouldn't make them feel as comfortable as they do at my house. Now that's God's influence on my life, taking what I have been blessed with and blessing others with it. We have a family picture on the wall that has printed at the bottom these words. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24:15. Now, can you imagine how someone would interpret that if my response was not to invite them in and make them feel comfortable? Part of why I love that picture hanging in our dining room is this. It's a wonderful reminder to me of how God wants me to treat others. Much like the cross I wear every day around my neck, I use them as reminders that others know that I'm a Christian and are watching my every move. Sure, I fail at times, but with God's guidance and influence, I can minimize those failures and grow to be a better person. If we're being honest to God, we need his influence inside of our homes. You see, it is God who builds his house, not us. 
Back to Psalm 127, verse 1. It says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. You see, without God, a building is merely a building. Unless God builds the church, the body of Christ labors in vain. What we don't want is for all our work to be in vain. We work to build the kingdom of God. And the best way to do that is to listen to God's guidance along the way and then act accordingly to that guidance. Our mission statement at Redeemer is this, to connect people with the love and life of Jesus Christ. Faith is what we have that God will take that relationship and turn it into a deeper living relationship. Sometimes all we can do is introduce people to Jesus. And with God's blessing, he will help that relationship develop into something deeper. Now, you may be wondering if this has anything to do with all of us here in St. John's, Michigan. Well, let me tell you. We used the illustration earlier of tossing seeds on the ground and waiting for them to grow. Now, I'll tell you, for Redeemer, this process started around five years ago when Pastor Rod started to feel the calling to start a second campus and become a multi-site church. I serve on the leadership team for Redeemer, and at the time, a group of us worked hard to come up with a plan to take on another site if we were ever approached with the opportunity. We came up with quite an extensive list of what we would be looking for in another site, as well as quite an extensive list of reasons why we would decline an offer. Um, Rod was approached a few times over the years, and after many discussions and evaluations by staff and leadership, we did pass on a couple opportunities. Then this campus entered the equation. Now, I can tell you one thing. This building is farther than the suggested distance from the DeWitt campus, just by a couple miles. Uh, but just about everything else fit, and it finally felt right. We have been praying for years that God would lead us to a congregation that would be open to our influence and involvement in growing his kingdom. I haven't been up here often, but I have heard many great things about this congregation. But the truth is, none of us know exactly how this congregation will grow or how it will look six months or even a year from now. This is where we are trusting God to intervene and guide us through this process. We can do our part by working hard, but God is ultimately who is going to grow this body of believers. And all of us at Redeemer, both DeWitt and St. John's, fully believe and have faith that this will be a thriving, vibrant congregation in the future. If we're being honest to God, whether here in St. John's, at the DeWitt campus, or in our homes. We need God's presence to influence us as believers to grow his kingdom. We cannot do it without him. No matter how much work we put in, God must be at the center of building his church. Please pray with me.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. As we leave this place, help us to be reminded that in order to build your kingdom, we must keep you at the center of all we do. It is your blessing that allows us to reach out to others and introduce them to you. We are grateful grateful for all you have done for us, and it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.